Hey rock stars, welcome back to the Redefine the Hustle podcast. I'm Suze, your host, founder of the Rockstar Advocate. I want to thank you all so much if you have tuned in to the last three episodes of season five of this podcast that dropped last week. I truly, truly appreciate you tuning in. It's been amazing to get the love and support for this new season and the rebrand for this podcast. It still feels a little uncomfortable putting it all out there before all the pieces are in place. If you haven't noticed, we still don't have the theme music yet, but I'm thrilled that this information is out there and that the season has begun. So thank you so, so much. This is episode 118, our online music biz events, one big list building scam. And I know that this might be a topic where it's gonna cause some reactions in the comments and it might uh, cause some conversation in the community, but that's why I'm doing it. You know, it's a little scary to voice my opinion. I don't wanna jump too much on my soapbox, but I wanna share with you my thoughts because I wanna help shift the perspective a little bit. I want us to be more mindful of things that maybe we've been blinded to in an effort to grow our business. So I, I hope that this gives you all something to think about. I hope those of you who have attended online summits or even live in-person summits, make sure that you are telling me in the comments what your thoughts are. I want it the good, bad, and the ugly, the agreements and the disagreements respectfully because I think there's a lot to unpack here. Before we dig in, I do just want to briefly get to this week's sponsor and that is my Redefine the Hustle starter kit. It is a 49-page full-color PDF guide that I have streamlined and upgraded from over 100 past downloads and checklists that I have given over the years. So this is my very best work. It's the most to-the-point foundational training for anybody who's looking to begin to redefine their hustle on their own terms. I go into deep mindset work, time management trainings, and finally, I go over what to do when shit hits the fan. I go through each of those steps throughout this guide. It is, like I said, the best thing that I've put together in a very long time. So if you're looking to start dipping your toes into what it truly means to redefine your hustle, go download it now. It's completely free and it is in the caption below. If you happen to be listening on your favorite podcast platform, I will give you the link right now. It is bitbit.ly forward slash RTH like a boss. Okay, that's bit.ly forward slash RTH like a boss. Go enjoy it. Let me know in the comments or send me an email to let me know what you think about it. And I'm just so thrilled that that's out there as well. So do enjoy. Okay, so now let's get to this week's topic, virtual summits in the music industry and why they need to be redefined. Now, over the years, and more so during the lockdown, right, during the pandemic, virtual summits have been popping up across this industry to give you mountains of information for free, right? Or kind of free, almost free. Free if you can take 30, you know, interviews or panels or workshops and and watch them in three days' time. And then you can pay or upgrade for lifetime access, right? Or extended play. Can they be useful? 100%. And are there ways that I have taught attendees to make the most out of them? Absolutely. In fact, the virtual summits that I've spoken at, that's usually the topic. I'm usually one of the first speakers and I say, okay, I know this can be overwhelming. Here's how you can get through this summit 
without losing your mind. <laughs> That's like the long and short of it is, is what I do and what I speak to. Summits and, and free online events can be the best place to start to get a taste of uh, what interests you, where you're lacking in certain areas that maybe you hadn't thought of before. And it's also a great place to network. So 100% a fan. However, here's where they go wrong. All too often, they're used as blatant list-building efforts by the hosts, while attendees lose out on substance and meaningful support. Now, I, I don't think that this is done intentionally. I think when, when a host puts something together, they have good intentions, they want you to get the best out of everything, but they get blindsided. And I think they get sold a bill of goods by whoever taught them this formula. And I've seen it just trickle down and trickle down. They learn the formula, they exploit it, they teach other people the formula and they exploit it. And nobody is really sitting there thinking, is this the best way to get my message across? Is this the best way to grow my community, grow my authority in my arena and serve my audience? Is this the best way? And I think sometimes we blindly follow what we're told and we get so caught up in the numbers and the goalposts and, and what we've set out for ourselves when we think of hosting an event that we lose sight of what's really important, which is serving you guys, the attendees. So I'm not here to single anyone out, but I do want to kind of shine a light on an experience I had had um, and what really prompted me to, to start talking about this. At the beginning of lockdown, I've been approached by a bunch of different summits. Some wonderful people have reached out to me and said, hey, I'm putting on this, this event. Um, you know, I want to give musicians a lot of great information. We're all just kind of stuck in our homes. I felt very fortunate to be, you know, pitched to and to be tapped on the shoulder and say, hey, would you be a part of this? But there was always a pattern. It would go like, hey, I checked you out on Instagram or I've seen you on some podcast or saw you at a conference last year. You know, would you want to hop on a phone call and see if the event that I'm hosting would be something that you'd want to be a part of. I always say yes. And then it gets to the inevitable, okay, do you have more than 5,000 people on your list? Regardless if I do or not, I hate that question. That's not the question you should be asking. But it's the question that whosoever formula has been taught and trickled down tells you to ask, right? Because as a host, for attendees out there who might not know what goes on in the back end, the, from the host perspective, they're gonna give you all this information for free. They want speakers to bring their audience. They want the, the most amount of people, right? The most amount of eyeballs and attention on their event. Well, the best way to do that is to get speakers who already have large audiences. And then they get their audience to sign up. The host gets those email accounts and they put on a great event for the speaker's audience and it's a win-win, right? But it easily snowballs into this numbers game. And when we make it about the numbers, we make it less about the people. And again, I'm not saying that this is done intentionally, but it's done way too often. When lockdown first happened, one person came to me, pitched to me, we scheduled a call. Not only did we talk a half hour about what the event was going to be like and how I could help and what I could offer their audience. But I also helped them giving them feedback on their own business. They had asked me certain questions. I went through, you know, what they could do to improve or grow a certain area of their business. And then came the good old, do you have 5,000 or more subscribers on your email list? It's insulting 
when speaking to potential speakers to your event to whittle down their value to their email list. This person had no intention of doing that, but I could tell that this person was trained with the same formula that all these other people were trained from when they came to me, which is make sure you hit those numbers, make sure you hit those quotas, and you'll hear in future episodes on this podcast how toxic that is when it comes to productivity and success and growth um, in your career. I'm not gonna go down that rabbit hole right now, but it is very toxic to focus on quotas in that way. And so when we got to that point of the conversation, I said the same thing I said to all the other wonderful people. I said, I don't, I don't have quite 5,000. I'm near that number, but I don't. So I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm not gonna lie about it, but I also feel that that is not the value that I bring to the table. The value is my experience as an educator, my experience in having a master's in psychology and currently getting a master's in social work and how that is a unique perspective um, when speaking to musicians. 20 years in the industry is the value that I bring. And I love to speak at events. So I bring my passion and I bring, you know, real joy to doing what I do. And the person said, that's great. But here's the thing. I don't want to be disrespectful to the other speakers who I've confirmed who have bigger lists. So, you know, why don't we put you on deck? And if anybody can't come through or if they cancel, we'll put you on. Well, here's the thing. If I had pitched to this event, I'd understand that. I'd say, okay, I appreciate you hearing me out. And if you need me, you know where to find me. But they came to me. So I don't need to spend time in my day to be vetted, to speak at an event that's based around numbers on a list. That don't mean anything. Here's the thing, guys. Like, is it, is it important to grow your email list? Absolutely. I just told you guys about my Redefine the Hustle starter kit. That is a freebie that I made for you to come join my list. If you just want the guide, you can download it and then unsubscribe from the email list if you don't wish to stay on the list. So I let go of those numbers a long time ago. I'm focused on engagement rates. I'm focused on who's opening my emails, is my content hitting the right people, and do they want what I have to offer? If you're asking me to speak at your event, please, please don't ask me or anybody uh, how many emails are on our list, what the size of our list is. It's, it's like a pissing contest that doesn't serve your audience, and that's the thing that should matter, number one. If you must ask certain qualifying questions, you should be asking the speakers, what is your email open rate? Meaning how many people, what is the percentage of people on your list who open your email and actually read it? What is your click-through rate? Meaning if you are sending people to sign up for an event or to sell something or to send them a resource in your email, how many of those people who open the email actually click on the link? If you have 10,000 emails and 100 people are opening it, that means nothing. 10,000 emails that sit there and delete your email or just never read it does nothing for me. Now, if you had 1,000 people on your email list and 100 people are opening it, that's a whole different, that means you have a wonderfully engaged list of people who were meant to be on that list, people who you know you can serve, and people who already trust you and want to be a part of what you're a part of. That's what should matter. So for hosts out there, if this is your strategy, then use the right metrics. So that's number one. Number two, 
it shouldn't matter how popular a speaker is if what they teach has value. There are wonderful industry experts that have never taught a day in their life. They're amazing at what they do. They're popular, but maybe for their experience or some wonderful successes that they've had or wonderful accolades that they've won. And they happen to be very popular, but they're not educators. And so who is coming to speak to your audience? I'm not saying don't have famous people at your event. If you can get them, hey, that's great. That's a wonderful draw. But where is their expertise best used? Maybe in an interview, maybe as part of a panel, maybe not hosting a workshop. Like these are little but important nuances that should be thought of when creating a virtual summit. For those of you who might be familiar with my work, I host Planchella every year, which is a virtual event in December to help you plan out your new year coming up and, and focus on what your vision is. So when I do have guest speakers, and sometimes it's just me, but when I do bring on guest speakers, I'm very careful about what is their perspective in the industry? What, what voices am I amplifying? Who are great teachers? And what are they gonna bring to the table? When I hosted my in-person uh, summits, I was very concerned with, I don't want just, I've, I've been lucky enough 20 years in this business, I know a lot of famous, great, amazing people that have achieved wonderful success. But I'm also talking to independent musicians who are starting out. I want other independent musicians talking on my panels. I want other newbies in this industry sharing their experience thus far. I want a whole spectrum of perspectives, not just the Grammy winning, you know, Tony winning people that can say, oh yeah, hey, I've been there, done that, and kind of don't remember what it's like to start out. I, and when I did start out, the industry looked much different than it does now. I want the people who are walking their talk now who my audience can relate to right away. I want all of that. So if you're going to host an event, please come from a place of service. I, I don't know, guys, like am I crazy? I know I'm on a little bit of a soapbox, but it's happening too often, you guys. It's, I'm getting the same speeches and the same pitches in my inbox and in my DMs about like, oh my God, I just love your stuff. It's just so amazing. Um, can we hop on a call and I can tell you all about my event? And then I give time to this person to hear about their event. And then it's, oh, but you don't have 5,000 people on your list? Hmm. Is what I speak about aligned with what you're trying to achieve with this event? That's the only thing that should matter. I understand that you're putting together an event and you want to grow your list. But here's how you grow it, guys. Here's how you grow your business and make a full-time living doing what you love. You build trust with your audience. You show up and serve and you come from a place of authority in what you're doing. And you serve with integrity. That goes so far and people can feel it. You just keep showing up. And there is no silver bullet <laughs> magical wand to grow your business and grow your income. It's about showing up. It's about doing the work and honoring how you can serve people in your audience, whether you're a musician and you're thinking about how you can best serve your fans. What type of merch do they like? Do they like the designs that are going on that merch? What set list are you working on for your show? Is that what they want to hear? Do they want to hear high octane music or do they like more subdued acoustic songs? If you do both, you should figure out what your audience wants to hear from you. Are you attracting the right 
audience for what you offer. That's what this is all about. So this has nothing to do with me getting or not getting certain speaking opportunities. Because when I was asked to be the B-lister, or I think another option was I could pre-record something and it could be emailed to them as like a bonus. I said, no, thank you. I didn't feel aligned with an event that was focusing so much on the wrong metrics. And I was not hearing enough of, here's what my audience wants. I was hearing more of, this doesn't meet my quotas. And it's like I wanted to shower after the phone call. I know people are well-intentioned. I know, especially during a pandemic, as much as we were aiming to serve our audiences, a lot of us were panicked about, can my business survive, right? So that is when we get kind of caught up in numbers and goalposts and hitting certain metrics. But we got to talk ourselves down out of it. You know, wait a minute, am I coming from a place of service? So you got to stop focusing on the list size. It's not going to solve your problems. Any issues you have with selling or growing your business is still going to exist when you have a bigger list. Worry about building authority and trust with your audience. And that comes from working with intention and serving with integrity. That is how you build your career. That is how I have managed, thankfully, to be in business almost eight years and never look back to the day job world. That is what this is all about. You don't need a lot of numbers to put on a great event. You just need great content. And that is possible with a few amount of speakers and a few sessions to really hone in on what's most important for the topic that you are focusing on for your attendees to get real immense value out of it. Not only are your upsells gonna be converting better, but you can also put a ticket price on it. You don't have to have a free event for people to wanna join. And so when we throw in, it's, it's free. And look, you get 30 panels and workshops to go through. It's overwhelming. Nobody wants to do that. So when you are hosting an event or you're attending an event, please, please, please be more mindful who is speaking at the event, what information is actually being given and what the true value is. What is the ultimate takeaway from this event? What is the purpose? I'm calling out for change and I'm drawing a line in the sand. If anybody cares, I might be the only one passionately frustrated by this. Please tell me in the comments either way. But if I am speaking at an event from now on, you'll know that they stand for the following, that they have carefully curated their speakers and that their speakers represent a variety of perspectives. That goes for race, age, experience in the industry, neurodivergent speakers. You'll know that this event, the host is thinking about their audience first and foremost. Yes, they wanna grow their business. Yes, they hope you buy their course at the end of it or you stay on their email list, but they care about getting the knowledge out to you and showing that they lead with integrity, honesty, transparency, and intention. Those are the only types of events that I will ever say yes to. I am blessed that I get asked to speak at events. I do not take that for granted. This is a call to action for anybody hosting an event. Please do not fall for this formula that you feel you need to follow in order to have a successful online event. I know it's possible because I've done it. And 
I'm not the only one who's done it. <laughs> I want to shout out some amazing speakers and amazing people in this industry that you guys should know about because they are already doing this um, in, in such a beautiful way with authenticity and integrity. First out, shout out to Brianna Rulis for the Reality Singing Show Summit. Um, she hosts it every year, usually in February, I believe for the last two years. It is a wonderful event. Um, I've had the pleasure of being able to speak at it last year. And this year, every year, she just gets better and better at curating unbelievable speakers who talk about stuff that nobody else is talking about, which is how to make auditioning for a live uh, competition show work for you. It's brilliant. So shout out to Brianna Rulis. Equilibrium, my wonderful, wonderful friends, Marnie Wandner and Nicole Blonder, they put together so many amazing workshops. Be sure to follow them on This Is Equilibrium on Instagram. There are so many well-curated and thought-out workshops, Instagram Lives, um, videos, tutorials, all of the things. You really should check out their content. It's amazing. Sound Mind Live, thank you so much for what you do in the mental health arena in this crazy, crazy industry. Um, again, just so much thought and care goes into how they put on their events. LJ Malberg of Compassionate Muse, such an apt name because I have yet to meet a more compassionate colleague in the industry. She takes such great care in curating panels for her events as well as other conferences. So LJ, thank you for all the work that you do and the care that you put in to curating your events. Outside of this industry, I gotta give a huge, huge shout out to Jordan Gill and her entire System Saved Me team. They run the Done in a Day virtual conference. They run it twice a year. The next time is this September. Uh, the dates and a link to attend the event are below in the caption. I highly suggest you attend. I've been to a lot of events. They have yet to be outdone in my book. Whether you wanna offer VIP days to your clients or not, if you wanna host live events, virtual or in person, I strongly suggest you buy a ticket and take notes. I've had the pleasure of both speaking at the event and attending. I think I've attended two and spoken at one. And start to finish, the way they put such care and intention behind taking care of their speakers and making them feel appreciated and thanking them for their value and what you get out of attending this conference is insane. It is so valuable. It's not a free event. It's not a super expensive event either. It is so reasonably priced and you learn so much whether you're going to curate a VIP day as one of your offers or not. It talks about serving your audience, leading with compassion and integrity, and the events are seamless. And it's just so wonderful. So if you want to experience something like that, I cannot promote this enough. If you want to go check it out, the link is below. I am an affiliate. I may get a fee for your ticket purchase, but I'd be doing it without it. I was telling people about this event long before I signed up as an affiliate. I am just so, so in love with what they do and how they operate their business. And so I really encourage you guys to check it out as well as all the wonderful people I just shouted out. So in summary, it's possible to have a wonderful virtual event. Put in the work, show up, Stop depending on other people's numbers to do the work for you. And if you disagree with me, I'd love to know why. Please tell me in the comments what you think, whether you've attended virtual conferences 
or hosted them or both. I'd love to know what your thoughts are on this topic. So thank you so much for listening to my soapbox moment and for being with me here on this latest episode of the Redefine the Hustle podcast. One of the segments that I've been wanting to work into these episodes is my redefining moment of the week. Now, some of you may know I am getting my master's in social work and currently I am taking three summer courses and my professor, one of my professors, Dr. Laura Quiros said to me, we are not looking at clients through a lens of a savior, but rather that of a collaborator. And that's exactly how I try to approach my coaching and how I hope all you coaches out there who may be listening approach your coaching as well. And for all of you musicians out there, how you approach your relationships with your fans. Because that quote really, truly redefined for me this past week how I look at counseling. And while coaching isn't counseling, it's still about serving. I can't make miracles happen, none of us can, but I can show you some ways to make your life easier and support you and cheer you on. I urge all of you, be a collaborator, serve from a place of partnership with your audience and they will rise to the occasion and support you right back. I thank you for being here with me. I hope you'll tune in next week when I debut my interview with Miss Brianna Rulis, where we talk about her reality singing show summit and everything that she's been working on. It is such a wonderful and inspiring conversation. I hope you'll tune in next Wednesday. And my challenge and invitation for you this week is to be a collaborator. Be in partnership with your audience and let me know in the comments how you're going to rise to the occasion this week and do just that. All right, if you want more support, be sure to download the Redefine the Hustle starter kit using the link below. It's bit.ly forward slash RTH like a boss. All right, and just know that when you download it, it also comes with access to our private Instagram community, the Redefine the Hustle community. So I hope you'll join us. Tune in next week and I'll see you there.